Hello everyone, this is Product Book Lab podcast, part of productbooklab.com, where we meet once a month to discuss a book related to product management with other product colleagues. To check the upcoming discussions and join us, visit productbooklab.com. On this episode, we discuss The Tyranny of Metrics by Jerry Muller. So then, yeah, I'm Carlos, a product manager at Booking. And yeah, that's me. Cindy, do you want to go next? Yeah, I'm Cindy. I'm a data scientist uh, also at Booking uh, for mm, two and a half years now. Yeah. Nice. Rami? Um, yeah, so um, I work as an entrepreneur in residence at uh, Rocket Internet, um, also part of uh, Global Founders Capital. Um, in general, I'm interested in, uh, in, in product and data analytics, so I thought the idea of the book club was actually very interesting. Yeah, nice. And I'm sorry for not joining by video. The, the connection is, um, is quite slow, so I wouldn't be able to. That's great. Nice. Nice to join. Martin? Yeah. Oh, well, my name is uh, Matt. I, I'm uh, ex-booking. But uh, I currently at um, uh, so there's a big booking crowd uh, at the moment. Uh, so uh, and at the moment uh, I work as a product manager at uh, Albert Heijn. Uh, Albert Heijn is a Dutch um, grocery uh, uh, store, and I, I work on the e-commerce part. Nice, Tim. Okay, um, and my name is Timur. I'm front-end developer, and also I'm from Booking.com. <laughs> Nice. Nice. Cool. All right. Uh, yeah, let, let, let me start then by, by sort of giving main takeaways from, from my side. I found it very interesting because and, and now that I, I started seeing the videos from the author as well, because first of all, he's a historian, you know, and he mentions a lot that uh, he does a lot of, uh, he gives classes in capitalism. And then he, he came with the idea of the book when he also became sort of like a manager of one of the faculties of the universities. And then he had to manage personal. And then everyone was telling them like, okay, then you need to set up the numbers, right? And uh, that's how you will measure performance. And that's how you can know if people at the university are doing well or not. And that's sort of like what I got that he, uh, he how do you say? He argues against a lot, right? This, uh, I think he calls it metric fixation. And that the main thing that by just looking at how the metric develops, you basically don't, don't need more judgment, right? And then of course that, okay, you, you will waste time on measuring something that maybe you don't need or that uh, people will always try to game the metric. And uh, also I think he talks about motivation, right? That uh, for example, in the university, right? Like people maybe join because they really want to learn. But the moment that you put in a metric about the test and you only start teaching them something about the test, then they will focus on the test and forget about learning or, or I don't know, re reflecting in general, let's say, right? And I like also that at the end, he gives this sort of like a checklist on when uh, to use uh, metrics and how to, right? Um, but I also really like the, the critique that he gives in the, and I also like that he gives a lot of examples, right? I mean, he being a historian, he has a lot of really, interesting examples uh, and then yeah i think uh, work-wise as well i i recognize a lot of the cases or uh made, made me think as well when to challenge more maybe when when we have a metric right and where we're just more blindly following a metric uh, so yeah I, I really like the book i found it very interesting um yeah but someone else wants to comment on the Well, I found it also super interesting because um, well, my whole job is about coming up with metrics and seeing if they are good or if they're measuring what they're supposed to measure and if they indeed measure what they're supposed to measure, if they're statistically valid. So I, I totally agree with, well, one, the fact that there's some metrics that don't measure what they're supposed to measure. So in this, especially in performance evaluation of humans, it's indeed, for example, I, I, I know this from my previous work where I worked in a scrum team and then I, w I was a consultant and we would deploy whole scrum teams to the customer and then the customer would measure our performance by how many tickets we would work mm. on, on their backlog. 
But then obviously the number of tickets is a stupid metric because I can uh, I can fix a bug and then that would it could be a small bug or a big bug, but then fix the bug yeah. with the ticket and it doesn't say anything. So then it, it changed to story points. And that was also a, um, a perversion of what story points are supposed to do. Because originally yeah. they're supposed to facilitate conversation around what is supposed to happen in the story and are we all aligned? Do we all have the same mental model of what's going on with that topic? And then using story points to evaluate consultants, whether they make a good job or not, was just a bad way of using the metric, which existed, but for a different reason. So in that sense, I totally see how metrics can go very wrong in human performance. I am not a manager myself, so I would not know how you would how, how you would change that. So basically, mm -hmm. if I was a manager and there were no metrics whatsoever, then it would be basically my gut feeling on whether this person gets a promotion or not. And that also does not sound right. Yeah. So I think that, I, I, as I said, I haven't read it completely, the book, so I don't know if he gives uh, a way out of this tricky situation, but that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think what he, um, uh, mostly what he mentions is uh, that he, uh, he points at uh, in-depth uh, knowledge of the, 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 the topics that you're concerned with. So in his case, he gives examples of the uh, of the uh, in science that that you that that you have accomplished scientists at the head of a scientific uh, institution, so that they know what in, in, what it entails to be a successful uh, scientist, and then he he based on that experience, he um, uh, he says that uh, that you can recognize what the what are good performers and what are bad performers. Yeah, but I but I thought that was very unsatisfying for uh, for for uh, different reasons. Uh, uh, first is um, uh, we uh, for for us in our job we are our job is innovation, so it is a, a part of innovation that we don't know uh, when we start to work. We don't know yet what is good. So we have to, um, uh, sometimes we do know, but like in, uh, oftentimes we don't know. So then it is really uh, uh, also, it makes sense that we revert to uh, data very quickly to be, to, so, to look for something objective. Yeah. But it's, uh, but I, I, um, I very much like, I like the book. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I liked, especially I liked his, uh, his point. And I think, uh, metrics are, are being used, uh, in, in a, in a bad manner, just like your example is very good. Cindy, I recognize it also yeah. from my own experience where we, uh, where we, uh, at a, because we don't have anything better, we revert to, uh, to, a to a really bad metric to, 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 to um, use as a as a north star, which is very dangerous and can lead to, and I think he he makes that abundantly clear. Yeah. So, um, uh, uh, but I thought that the book was. Well, I I think the the examples though are nice to read. So I think it is also. Um, so if you know if you're not convinced of this yet, then probably the good is the book is very good medicine. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but I've, at some point I felt uh, like, oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> and then, okay, and then another example in the military. Yeah, I, so I'll, I'll, uh, so then I could not, I, I understood this point. I felt I understood this point well enough that I, I, I skipped, uh, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't uh, motivate myself to read further. <laughs> One question to Martin, um, just wanted to ask. Um, so you, you you said that you're working in uh, innovation, and yeah. uh, somehow are you are you measuring your like you you, you made something or you made a product etc. How do you yeah. measure if it affected in yeah, a sure. good way or is yeah. it like short term, long term? What's what's yeah. your solutions for it? 
Yeah. So if actually, yeah, so I think uh, the the best way to go about this or is to do that on a case by case basis. So if you make something uh, to uh, improve, uh, I'm currently working on operational efficiency. So uh, then what I want to measure as closely as I, I've, uh, I've, it's basically, uh, it's, it works like medicine. I have uh, at the moment, at, you know, I have uh, some um, situation now, and then I have my, the, 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 my, my product that is the medicine for that situation and then the the, the problem the operational cost is uh, is the, that's the, di the diagnosis is the operational cost is too high so then the medicine comes and then the the, the uh, operational cost should be uh, should be lower and at the moment there's not many factors that also influence this operational cost so we can quite um, uh, easily we will be able quite to see quite easily in a, in a uh, study over time to see what um, what is the impact. Yeah. So that is so, but that is it because the, the the objective is clear. So then, but then I do a next product, maybe be, uh, focusing on uh, revenue growth, and then we do something. We have to go about that uh, differently. Hmm. And uh, but especially on operational costs. So if your metric is indeed money. Mm -hmm. And uh, if I were to assume that in operations, there's humans who work in the and actually pack the packages yeah. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. ordered, right? Mm -hmm. Then just going by the cost might cover up, I don't know, health issues from, yeah, that's true. from the workers. So yeah, say now true. they need to pack 20 packets a day when yeah. before they it was perfectly fine packing five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and then they get sick more often, and or even things like really just, I guess in in the in if if, if it does include humans, yeah. I would also suggest to actually talk to the people, and yes, get their opinion yeah. on you know well this is my quantitative metric, yeah, but what does the qualitative research say? Yeah, I couldn't it? agree more. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The other as well that, that he uh, mentions right when saying like. You know, like the downsides of using these metrics that at, to a certain degree, you are also uh, prioritizing the short term over the long term uh, success, yeah. right? Because that's yeah. the easy thing that you can measure, right? Of course. Yeah. Rami, you wanted to say something, I think. Yeah. So, so adding, adding to Cindy's um, uh, example, bad metrics, actually, I talked a few years ago. Um, when we when we used to to launch uh, new projects, I mean for sure this is something uh, I heard before I joined was that we had a KPI that would measure how many McKinsey consultants we used to have in a startup, right? And that would be the early measure of the success or the performance of the startup, which um, I think is a completely bad way to measure uh, um, that. So yeah, I, I just wanted to add this one example as well. What, and just to get it clear, was that the less Consultants the better or the opposite? No, no the, the more the more McKinsey's the, the the better. So basically, okay, okay, um, okay. We we basically the, the solution to any problem just have you know uh, bring more McKinsey consultants uh, to the startup from McKinsey consultants. So nice. That was uh, the mindset. <laughs> some, uh, I I, uh, I have some friends at at McKinsey. They would love that as a metric. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that's also the other thing that um, I think, you know, now that I was rereading more the, the well, some, some of the chapters and then also listening to the video that, you know, he, in a way he doesn't say that don't, don't use metrics, right? But I think his point no. is also that judgment has to always be part of uh, the whole evaluation, yeah. right? And I think what he really yeah. is also related to a management consultant, right, that, they, that he says, um, now, management consultant or like MBAs or even maybe us, right? Like product manager, uh, we think or like they, they teach us that, okay, this is the set of metrics and then it doesn't matter the field, you always can apply them and, and get the numbers and like sort of like know the reality, right? Like, like what yeah. you said, Cindy, yeah. right? We, we want to know the velocity of the team, right? And then the more, the better. But yeah, of course, if you are doing a product on payments, maybe right and seeing how fast they do it, you want to know how, I don't know, how, how errors, how many errors they, they get, right? And yeah. I, I understood now, yeah, when, when I was rereading his point, right, that it's more about this, um, you cannot just use the metric 
is everywhere and then the numbers will, will tell you uh, the whole truth, right? But rather really asking uh, why are you using this, why are you measuring this, what is it adding, right? Uh, and I think that's yeah. also why he mentioned the thing of like, uh, at some point he said like basically, but when you develop this metric, it's time that you are not investing in developing or in doing something else, right? So also think of it, um, if it's really going to add value, right? Mm -hmm. But I also felt yeah. that his main point is truly that uh, metrics are perfectly fine in a capitalist environment. So basically in, in a company, if yeah. used correctly, right? Um, mm -hmm. But that it gets really tricky in the nonprofit areas. So basically in yeah. a company, it's fine. A company wants to make money, so their metric should be money somewhat, you know, whatever they can influence. Uh, yeah. We know how it works, uh, but then in in a university, it's indeed if you put the metric on how many students graduated, well then you just let students graduate easier and you you game the metric, but it's super hard to like what you would want is basically more humans that learned and got more curious about the world and learned whatever they wanted to learn in university or alternatively that are better prepared for their jobs or for academia. But how are yeah, you supposed yeah. to measure that? Yeah, yeah. He, he mentions on the end when, when giving the checklist and, and, and reading it now that he's, you know, like, like the first uh, bullet point is uh, what kind of information are you thinking of measuring? And then he says, right, when the objects to be measured are influenced by the process of measurement, measurement become less reliable. Right, so he says the more inanimate, right? So I think that's similar to what you're saying, yeah. Cindy, right? If there are humans uh, and the humans know that these metrics are gonna be used for targets, then yeah, forget about it, right? But I think that's also the other point that he makes about uh, transparency, right? Which is, for example, uh, indeed, I don't know, impact, so how much more money you're making, for example, that is different when you're only measuring that for your team, for example, and you only share it in your team as a way of, of checking that, okay, what we're doing makes sense. It becomes a whole complete different uh, beast when you share now that information with your money, right? Or when your money now starts putting your target on money, then you, you want to game it, then you want to uh, see what else you can do, right? And I think that's also the other thing that he mentions, like with whom are you gonna share this information, which I also found very interesting. Uh, yeah, so I, I I read that too, and I'm a very big fan of transparency. I'm like a huge fan to, to transparency, even like especially within like within politics or so. I don't know, like because I don't don't know anything about politics, but or rather, it's not I, I don't work there. But within a company, like if we were a company, then the five of us, then we would have one single goal, um, and to and I think that that goal is is, is best um, pursued if we understand of each other what our goal is and how do we but if you get if you in for instance in an easy example if you're in an e-commerce company and you're in different teams and one works in an area where it is uh, much easier to get uh, a lot of um, positive AB experiments out then in uh, then in another uh, I don't know if this uh, hypothetical situation you can relate, <laughs> but in so in one area it's easier to get AB ex experiments out than in another area. Um, yeah. That really says nothing about the quality of the people working in the in the more lucrative area. It says not just and but you have to understand that to be able to work with that, and it's and it's very important. That, so I think you can be transparent about it still. But you, as a manager, you have to be very transparent that it doesn't say anything about the qualities of the people working in the different areas. Yeah. Uh, and it's as long, and then you you don't have to hang up on it, and then it can be fine. So I find it. Mm. Um, uh, so I'm still a big fan of transparency in that sense. Yeah, I might also add a few uh, things here. I'm also a big fan of transparency, but in the book there were some. Uh, mm -hmm. there, there is a chapter about that yeah. something shouldn't be measured or shouldn't be transparent. Uh, like uh, intellectual agencies, 
negotiations and etc because oh, yeah. for example in negotiations it's an area where multiple actors should find a compromise and if everyone would know it's it's, it's not possible to negotiate nobody is going to uh, share how much they would spend or uh, decide to move or from from their positions um, yep. and it also opens an eye like it just opens uh, your mind for this uh, for this uh, things that might be might be that transparency sometimes it's better to keep it in secret actually it's better not to open even if you like even if I'm a big fan of transparency I would still like, agree with the point that has been mentioned in the book yeah yes exactly exact. so um uh, and I, I i see what you mean but in in typically we don't as as we are in the same company we don't have uh secret well we don't have to have secret. we don't have to negotiate so to speak we are problem solving the same thing but one thing that i really i when i was thinking about this uh, when i was reading the book and one thing that I couldn't really figure out is um, I remember working for a, a, a big e-commerce uh, platform. I was working on this one thing that was super hard to solve, but we got a lot of um, customer complaints about it. So customers were quite vocal that they didn't like this particular thing. And, um, and uh, so we started working on it, but we realized when we were working on it, this will be a lot of work, one, and it will be hardly an, a big uplift. We didn't expect a big uplift. We expected an uplift, but we realized even though it is only a, like for some vocal customers, it's a big problem. The share of customers who really suffer, suffer from this uh, is, um, is, is relatively small. Yeah. Uh, and I'm still very happy and proud of the work I did. And uh, and when I use it myself now, still, I'm very happy to see the results. <laughs> but the real question is, yeah, yeah. should we have done that? Like, or should we no. just have sucked it up and uh, let the angry customers be, stay angry? And I really feel that we shouldn't let the angry customers stay angry, but I cannot get this argument straight in my mind. So maybe one of you can, mm. I don't know. <laughs> it would help um, me a lot. In, in development, we also have similar situations when we yeah, let, yeah. let something be broken for some time. And in that case, it's very important to fix it and uh, resolve all issues just because uh, it's a culture. It's something that is uh, intangible, it's hard to measure, but when you mm -hmm. fix it and uh, you explain it directly that, yeah, we need to have this culture of we're not breaking anything. We're, thinking about customers and uh, even if somebody is unhappy, we're fixing it, even if it's one or 10, per, 10 people, um, just to have this understanding and in, in, it, it just helps. Next time, if same situations happens or bigger, we already know that we're going to fix it and we're not going to bring more errors to this. So that's yeah, but an answer for it. Yeah. But that's very dangerous because then, like, you could maybe fix, like, make everything per perfect. So yeah, it's very I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> but there's yeah. a difference between not having angry customers and having a perfect product, right? So if there's yeah. indeed customers yeah. who vocally say this is not okay, like there's a yeah. problem. That is different from optimizing the last one percent out of something yeah um, i believe yeah. so too i believe so too i believe that yeah. so i think I, yeah i believe that, that there's something there exactly yeah. yeah i think i think it's also like back to his point right of like judgment right i think the more you rely only on the metric i think probably the the less you know or like you are likely to realize that you know less right because indeed, yeah. if you're only comparing uh, users impacted right and then that's the only number that you're gonna base on that probably means that you don't know that even if indeed in one is only 10 users and the other one is 100 you don't know that these 10 users maybe are very vocal and maybe they're gonna reach out to uh, the news and uh, i don't know you don't will have a more impact right or maybe you don't know the kind of error itself right it's like if you ask how many errors are there 
But then if it's an error on payments, it's different than if it's an error on, I don't know, uh, load time, right, or whatever. So I think, again, but, um, if we if you only focus on, on the metric itself and then the people also default by only asking that number, I think to a certain degree you also can realize that, okay, maybe there's not that much uh, that, that, that you know right about the audience, the audience uh, or the segment right? because you only default to knowing, okay, what's the number right? and that's it. Yeah, similar, I think, to like what you were mentioning, right? With like I don't know, product uh, innovation or delivering something new, right? If the only if the only ask from your manager is like, um, was it conclusive or was it successful? Then you know you know that then the, the person is going to ignore how much effort went into it, how difficult was the problem, right? How many people tried to solve it before, and maybe you know. The, uh, I think yeah, you 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 also lose a lot of um, context right and, and i think that is what he also mentions uh, uh, that you should do right rather than just asking straight away like okay so what are the metrics that everyone uses here and what are the numbers and first just try to understand the situation the company what is it trying to do what are the users uh, what are the users try to solve uh, with this product and only then okay these are the metrics right because then i think it's also easier to challenge them as well right yeah yeah. If you only know that and we know that this one needs to go down and this one this other one needs to go up, then I think you lose a lot of context. You cannot just uh, keep pushing it that way, right? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I've seen I've seen that don't go wrong uh, in uh, in leadership uh, very often. Yeah, 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 indeed. Yeah. Have you uh, ever had uh, cases when? you really want to make impact on some metric or some uh, some value that is really, really hard to measure. For example, uh, I know a case where um, one team was focusing on marketing a product and they just put some money on, uh, like let people aware about some product, I would say. Mm. And it's really hard because you, I don't know, put money, you put banners on a website, but you are not able to actually understand if people are understand that we have this product, for example, um, and they might do some quant uh, qualitative research uh, in the beginning of year and end of year. And it might be that all efforts are just not being reflected in this metrics or reflected in the like 3%, but they expected to at least achieve around 50%. Have you had uh, similar cases uh, in, your, in your areas? Yeah, that is usually when the product manager comes to the data scientists and asks, hey, this is what we've done. Why don't I see anything? And then, yeah, then the the scientific way would be indeed to uh, figure out how much you, well, how big is the effect that you could have seen given the intervention that you did. And then probably it turns out, well, the intervention was too small and you could have only you could have indeed only detected an effect of 50%, which in the end means if there is an effect of 3%, that might still be real. It's, it's just that you don't see it in all the noise that is happening. So th that is a tricky situation. And yeah, the best that you can do is basically think upfront in how you can measure what you want to really measure. So for example, don't put the banners globally and do global research, but maybe put banners in a specific city during a specific time, and then make sure when you do your research to also just do that in that specific city. So that basically you kind of, by design of the intervention, you try to avoid the noise that would be there anyway, or to minimize it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it also comes coupled with um, what he mentions of, you know, once you have, uh, I don't know, if, if this team, right, they, they really wanted to to prove that the banner increased awareness, for example, right, then, uh, and, and that is the target, right, and I've seen this happening a, a lot of times, right, then people or, or what the team or the product manager, I don't know, also feels doesn't feel comfortable just recognizing that, you know, like we fail and well, it, of course, if things have to fail, right? It would be crazy to believe that everything you do is, is always going to succeed, right? Like, I, I don't know, man, like I would like to meet that person, right? Uh, 
but because that, that, that becomes the, the target and then uh, yeah indeed i don't know if it's maybe your manager or maybe yeah if you're also new you also want to prove that uh, things succeeded um it, it only leads to bad results right because then okay that was successful so then that also means that probably you want to keep putting more resources on that right so probably you want to make more effort and then you know it just piles up right um but again i think also indeed if it's a company that that, that works on money and um, the company also at some point is going to be like okay well yeah you you try you try your best you you did everything you could but like come on we, we need positive results right of course we we we, we cannot pay people based on the great effort you're doing. So, yeah, I don't know as well how to put that uh, or how to draw that line right into what you were saying, right? You need to measure the impact, but of course, you also need to recognize other things that maybe are a bit more difficult to measure, like how complex was the problem, how much effort the team really put. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I might say that, yeah, uh, in the book, there is a um, so when I read the book, I was really happy to uh, read it because, uh, like, I was so inspired that in this book, in the beginning, it explains so much uh, things, and it actually uh, resonates with my pain that uh, I might see in the different companies. So I was like, yeah, everyone should read this book. It's like perfect. Uh, <laughs> but of course, in the end, um, yeah, you understand that. There is no silver silver bullet for all the different yeah. issues. So the spoiler for uh, Cindy. Um, <laughs> but they give you at least uh, one hint that you don't need to only rely on uh, data, uh, but also use your expertise, expertise, right. especially if you're doing uh, strat strategically important things. And actually, the company is uh, growing because uh, Leaders of a company have a vision of when it should, where exactly it should be in the five years, for example. So, um, in the perfect world, of course, uh, or maybe in, in in my mind, uh, and that's why I think it's it's kind of solutions that we, we sometimes we might go with negative metrics uh, just because we believe in our expertise and we learned a lot before, and that should be. Uh, of course, uh, taken with very like taken carefully, but I would say that would be a solution for having this banner or not having this banner uh, at, at all. Yeah. In the end, the metric is really just a data point, which you can or cannot use to 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 take the decision. And then the metrics don't take the decisions, right? It's the people who take the decisions, mm -hmm. and you can still say, well, uh, the metrics didn't show that awareness has increased, but I don't know, I, I really like the campaign and I heard good things about it from everybody who I masked, you know, and then, right. and then you can just say, well, we're just gonna do it anyway, which is a, in the end a valid decision as well. And that is probably where the book also says that you need to be careful with how much effort you put into measuring things. So he argues that, well, you're going to measure so that you can completely ignore any human judgment and so that you can completely, you can be sure that whatever you measure is going to be a good decision. But in the other way around, it's also, if you're going to take the decision anyway, uh, regardless of what the metric is, then you can also just not measure it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 yeah. The, the thing indeed, no, like now a lot of the times that the, the metric or measuring something uh, happens more because like we all need to run the experiment, right? And uh, and of course we need to then be able to, to say that we run the, the random split and whatever, right? But indeed, right, sometimes you also see that People just want to do something, so then I was like, "Okay, man, then just just do it, you know. Then then don't don't make everyone uh, invest the time, measure it, and then like like you were saying, right, Cindy? Like, okay, let's keep splitting the data to, to, to find something. Um, but again, I think also people struggle sometimes to recognize that that okay, man, just do it, right? And then uh, um, yeah, yeah. But that is because the 
the whole culture now is indeed that you you have metrics yeah and that these metrics are supposed to be the silver bullet for all the problems exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and then yeah that's that's never the case yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, I what I read uh, when uh, uh, what I read through these uh, recommendations was also the value of usability testing. Mm -hmm. We mentioned it briefly, yeah, but especially in product uh, world, I think for our qualitative and uh, expertise um, uh, ideas, I think we uh, like as product managers we shouldn't look look take our expertise too seriously we should mostly look at customers but use yeah. our expertise in on that on that area rather than uh, our own uh, how do you say uh, mind uh, as we as we get very uh, biased towards mm. uh, everything that we intended uh, when uh, making the product yeah um but uh, i think uh, usability research is a great way to to uh to um, go against many of the of the the the, the problems that uh, that he raises in the book, um, yeah. and uh, many of the blind spots uh, that we uh, that that we may encounter are um, uh, we can we could uh, we could uh, uh, address with with usability testing. I think. In the in the book, there was a, there was also a case with military, uh, and uh, military uh, used a special metric for counter insurgency operation. Uh, they uh, also spoiler uh, a bit uh, for Cindy. They used uh, price uh, of fruits on the market, especially fruits that uh, were brought uh, not local, so were brought from other country, because uh, this price of uh, fruits were actually containing all possible risks of delivering this, especially not local products, to to area where military and like war is happening. So by doing some actions, you might compare it how price are going up or down, and then you can kind of judge was it a like people feel more safe uh, being in this area or not. Okay. Yeah, I would say kind of also as a user user testing. Yeah. Or I think the, the other example that I also found, I mean, interesting, but of course very bad, I think uh, talked with uh, doctors, no? That I think they want always to have like a good uh, success rate. So then yeah. what they are doing is they just uh, decline patients that are very likely to, to not succeed. And then of course your success rate is gonna be uh, good. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's very and tragic. Then, yeah. yeah, and another one as well with the army, you know? I think something with like, I don't know if uh, people dying or uh... yeah. Yes. But, yeah. It yeah. Was people but, but dying. I was also not sure yeah. if the higher the metric was better or the lower the metric was better. I guess it yeah. depends on if you count the enemy bodies or if you count your bodies. Yeah. So, yeah. Either way, I find it a very bad metric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but 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 that, that's also interesting. What, what I found when when he was sort of like criticizing uh, these sort of like management uh, practices that you know you, they make you think that okay, you you learn this set of metrics and then this is what you can just measure everywhere and that's how you succeed. That to a certain degree as well. That's I think what what I now see happening a lot on uh, not a lot but sometimes. For example, when hiring product managers, that there are some companies that really want a product manager um, infrastructure, right? So someone that has been really uh, a lot of experience in infrastructure things. But then there are also some others that just hire like generalists, right? And then it's like, yeah, no, like it doesn't matter, right? Uh, or yeah, you, you will be able to, to to adopt it. Or as long as you are good as a product manager, then you should be able to. To manage your way around, in regardless of what the the product is, and um, and yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I find it like yes, makes sense. So sometimes I'm like a bit also skeptical, right? Because uh, I guess yeah, at some point, of course, you will end up learning things, but maybe that the cure is uh, too long, right? Or there's a lot of uh, mistakes that you will make that I don't know could be avoided, or in indeed, you know, if you're not very honest and 
and you don't want to say like look this i don't know how to do it then again for the company might just be end up being very bad right but uh yeah it made me think when he was uh, challenging a lot this thing of like just uh, if you know how to manage then doesn't matter the industry you know how to manage and, and that's it right yeah i i um i triggered a little bit on that uh, too but for me i got personally scared when i when i read it because i'm very much mm. a generalist so mm. like uh, so i felt uh, i didn't feel attacked so to so much but rather how do you say challenge yeah. um um uh, and and it comes back to the to what i i said in the beginning that it was like in innovation like for me for me the my my main my, for me my personally as a generalist my main uh, aim to, when i step into a new environment is most is for, my first step is how do i adapt so what like mm. what do i take with me and what do i lose uh, to, to to become successful in this new environment so i'm very yeah. good about it and i'm not at all and i don't think any other generalist also like i'm i'm not at all trying to you know to 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 come go to my new environment and then put it into the mold of what i already like and just yank it into that mold uh to yeah. um, uh to 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 get it to some some maybe i don't know maybe in some circles that is more appropriate but i believe in the in uh in e-commerce uh, uh um, circles i've seen many people really like people coming in from other big tech companies who really adjust into the a new uh in a new company a new culture and uh identify what is necessary to be successful uh, there yeah yeah because i think i think is it the same then uh, for data scientists or for developers as well now that uh, they they are, there's now more common like generalist ones or well, I mean, I studied statistics, so in that sense, it's literally just give me any data, I'll make it work. Yeah. Uh, but that is the pure statistics. If and and the way that Booking defines data scientists, especially the the insights data scientists, you very much need the context to yeah. make any impact and to help really um, the stakeholders to uh, with their decisions. So basically you, you need to, it's not just a statistician would tell you the mean is 15 and the variance is 12. And the data scientist tells you, uh, we don't have a good signal. There's too much variation in the data. We need to repeat the experiment, right? Or like, no. well, yes, we can take the decision, but it's very risky. And this is the, dif the difference. So basically, yes, I, I am the statistician, but in, in the business world, being a statistician isn't very helpful unless you're surrounded yeah. by other statisticians who speak exactly your language. So in business, it's you. I would also say you come into the new area and you get to know, you need to know all the business, uh, the context and what they're aiming for and what the difficulty is uh, to then have meaningful conversations with everybody and add your knowledge to that and phrase it in a language that you understood. Yeah. 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 I think Rami, uh, do you also want to say something? I think. Yeah. So, um, um, I think relating to, to the part where um, the author was talking about, if you're going to take the decision anyway, then there's no point of, of um, really uh, taking the, the measurement. I really remember, um, in, in the VC world, you know, in the, in the venture capital investments, especially in Europe, what they um, they were obsessing with one single metric, which is the valuation and how what is the equity in a in a, in a company that you're going to take, right? And this this was the holy grail yeah. of I mean, if if there's a partner who was able to get ten deals at a really good valuations, that then, then this is a really good partner, right? And then now, if you look at the whole, you know, VC. Uh, ecosystem nobody looks at the valuations anymore because simply if a company is going to make it it doesn't matter if you invest at a 10 million valuation or a 50 million valuation you're still going to make you know a lot of money either way 
Um, so I think I think this is an example that demonstrate that uh, um, very well, especially when you when you don't really have a clear feedback, uh, uh, very imminent. Um, I think this is where you know measuring metrics could be could be very uh, very tricky, and this could also lead us to um, another conclusion that not because everyone is measuring the same thing, then this means that this is the right measure, right? That uh, yeah, that's also observation. Yeah, we also have one more person. Praval, uh, right? If you want to share something, yes, of course you can share. If you want to listen, you can also listen. Uh, hello, guys. Uh, I've joined in late, so I will be just listening to you guys. Is that fine? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Thanks. Welcome, Rachel. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, no, good, good point, Remy. You were mentioning that, right? That, that indeed, not because everyone is measuring one thing, then that, that makes it uh, the right one. I think what it does make it is it just makes it very difficult to go against it, right? Um, and I think, yeah, it, it just, I, I at least find it, it becomes very. Um, more of a attitude or more like I don't know cultural or something. Also, how how confident or how good you feel challenging it, right? Like if it's a metric that is being used by two people, maybe okay, you're okay, right? But if it's being used by fifty, if it's being used by a hundred, by two hundred, I guess that the, the likely you're gonna be to think like, come on, it, it cannot be wrong, right? If there are so many people using it. Uh, for sure, it, it has to be right, right? And and like you mentioned, right? Sometimes it's not, and then, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I think another thing to to that as well is that um, usually people really like they fancy using numbers and so on. But then, if someone has a statistic, another person has to bring an statistic, and then people just throwing numbers at each other just to try to find it. Usually, doesn't really relate to. Um, what what they think to so um, I, w one way we uh, we attempted to uh, to go about that is that uh, we would throw a KPI tree leading you know at the end of the of the tree there's one uh, one KPI for example is revenue and then you would break from break from the the tree let's say to five or six levels and then whatever you're going to do within the company you have to measure in, in one of these. KPIs because then you would really have an impact um, on the on the on the. Side. I'm not sure if this makes a lot of sense. Maybe I could, um, share a picture of uh, like IP if you if you get the familiar with that. Uh, but this could be uh, one way to go about that. Yeah, because you mentioned that so you you would pick a KPI and then you would try to increase that KPI, right? No, so I mean, for example, um, if you want to increase revenue, then you have, um, uh, you want to increase profitability, then you have to break it down to revenue and cost, and then you would have to break on each KPI into further KPI, each KPI into further KPI. And then when you, till you reach a level where whatever you do within the company has to touch one of these KPI. If it doesn't, then it is of no use to the company and you shouldn't really be, um, be going that way. Okay. okay, 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 yeah. And do you think that's a good thing or do you think that's a risk? Well, I think I think this this is helpful if um, there's something that's hard to demonstrate, right? I mean, oh, yeah. I think I think at least this is a way to demonstrate how this could be, you know, could impact the whole um, um, the, the whole company's at the end of the day. I think if I had a visual aid, maybe uh, showing you the kind of the framework by which we work with could be um, could be helpful. Maybe next book club or an email, I could send that over. Yeah, yeah. You, I, I believe maybe you can sh share now if you. In, in the chat. Yeah. My, my connection, yeah, I mean, let me let me see. Um, oh yeah, can... if you, yeah. If, if it's not convenient yeah. now, it's also fine to yeah. the next one. Yeah, because because if I understood correctly, it was more that indeed, right? If the, if the main KPI is revenue, then you want to split it into uh, uh, income and cost. So then it's uh, you you know to what part you are contributing to, right? Yes. Uh, so you have to break it down maybe into five or six levels. To, I mean, until you reach a level where you can't really break it down further, right? 
Go for it. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that, that I've, I've seen it indeed is good because then if you're only doing something cost related, then it's, if you measure cost rather than net profit, for example, it's easier to get the signal, right? Because it's closer to, to you. Um, but then if indeed the company main thing is net profit at the end, but it doesn't get reflected there, uh, it might also trick you into okay this is good so i should keep going and i should keep doing this right but maybe end of the day uh, not yeah not much. yeah i'm thinking more with traffic you know because i, I sometimes yeah, yeah. see oh this is good because i'm sending more traffic to the next page so then i'm engaging people right or people are spending more time in on the page so it's better for them but if it doesn't really translate into uh, conversion or something then yeah it's, it becomes a bit more difficult to then know if it's really good yeah. or you are just confusing people right or you are just making people spend more time and you're wasting their time yeah um, yeah exactly like it, the most important thing with with any um oh we get to pick the picture now oh yeah so i think the most important thing is you that that you don't get become stupid <laughs> when you yeah. when you when you do it so it's fine if you uh, when when you look at the page on part time on site or whatever but it's very important even with conversion it's important to realize uh, what you're trying to what you're trying to to do and whether that that makes sense i've seen examples of uh, um people giving very annoying uh javascript errors mm. or uh, prompts uh, that uh, improved conversion but were so horrible such horrible customer experience that we decided we didn't want to go that route so i think mm. it's very good uh, uh consideration still yeah 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 no definitely i think indeed right the point of judgment it, it would always have to be there um, yeah yeah i have one question to uh remy so i'm checking this uh performance measurement uh, thing i see right. that value contribution is split on three parts the cost delivery and the quality and uh do you know why quality it's not continuing here uh, uh so i mean this is this is just an example that i used i mean i just googled it uh, but it's, it's it's very similar to that right so i mean whatever you touch and the company has to really touch one of the metrics because you have so many metrics around here that i mean you definitely know where to exactly categorize that and then you could see the impact exactly on the comp company's performance and this is something that could help uh, uh um i mean whoever statistician or whoever wants to come up with a metric to really identify to which part his his uh, he or she is uh, contributing right um that's okay. that's the idea but i mean this is not exactly how it looks for us i just wanted to demonstrate the the, uh, the mm -hmm. structure yeah 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 but still even if you if you use such a structure which can certainly help but it's still very important that you don't become stupid so that you keep on thinking like uh, is there something that is not in the model because there could be something that's not in the model that still affects it yeah. and that's i believe very much the what what I also get from the from the book. Uh, yeah. Well, also one more thing said. Uh, yeah. I got from a book. It was not written in a book. Uh, sorry, what was not written in a book? Um, that most of the examples were trying to improve or trying to measure only one metric, like uh, uh, number of patients that survived in the medicine, etc. Uh, but they they haven't used two metrics or more metrics at the same time. For example, metrics that controverse the main metric. For example, mm -hmm. doctors are treating patient well and they rejecting bad cases. So if you actually look on these two metrics at the same time, might be you would see that uh, it's not like uh, moving as you expected because yeah, you expect to have one me one metric going up, but you didn't expect that another should go down. In that case, when you check more metrics, you are actually preventing uh, well, you, maybe you, it's making it harder to actually game it, uh, or at least you will see that people are actually doing something that you didn't expect, and it should give you mm -hmm. ability to take a better decisions 
and actually accepts that you are not able to change it or not able to change with this specific uh, change. So that's something yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, but in the spirit of the book, this argument is literally, oh, you're looking at one metric and it's going wrong, add another one. Oh, and then you have look at two metrics, it's still going around, oh, add two more. So in the spirit of the book, what he's, what I understood is really he's saying, well, if it's going wrong, maybe stop and think before yeah. adding more and more metrics. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also agree with this, uh, with this point. Yeah. <laughs> when I read this book again, as I started this uh, book one month ago, and I had to finish it uh, uh, today, uh, or at least earlier before today, and I was okay. I need to check. I need to read this amount of uh, pages every day. So okay, I am become metric fixation because I'm just reading, <laughs> not like actually trying to go deep. But so I had to just uh, move step back and start reading it more carefully. Because, yeah, it's actually yeah. this book is about it. <laughs> Excellent. Nice. Uh, guys, I see we are almost running out of time, so maybe let's let's uh, finish with a round of like, yeah, if you would recommend it to to others, uh, just so then when the audience recorded there. Uh, let, let me start. Uh, yeah, from my side, it, indeed, I think I, I would recommend to to everyone, like not only product managers, uh, because as I said, I think I think it it gives the message of being very clear that. Yeah, you cannot only rely on metrics, but uh, judgment is is going to be very important, right? And it, it's, a, it's an e-book; it's not that main, it's not that long. So yeah, and I think that the, the examples also make it very interesting. Um, Timur, yeah. So I would recommend this book. Uh, this book is uh, not uh, big; it's easy read. Uh, again, I was really surprised in the beginning um, that my problems got hurt. Yeah, um, you can learn a lot from it. You can take a look and open your eyes on different things that you might uh, uh, thought again, as I mentioned the example with transparency. Uh, again, use your expertise, uh, then think uh, with the data uh, and uh, you will have a, a big success with it. So I really recommend it for everyone. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was when I was reading it. I even though I, I yeah, maybe um, even though I was I agreed with most of it. I uh, I thought it yeah I thought it was a bit boring. <laughs> but now that we speak about it, it I, I appreciate the book more. So um, um, uh, yeah. So uh, so. So, so thanks a lot for the chat. <laughs> the chat make made it make look more. I, yeah. I, I probably now will will recommend it to people. It's <laughs> a book uh, explains same thing multiple times in different yeah, yeah. examples. So yeah. it's just yeah, you might read the end, for example, of the book to get understanding of what's um, what this book is about. Uh, but if you read it from beginning to to end, you can just read it a bit deeply or maybe spend more time on thinking different cases. Yeah. 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 Any final words? I would definitely recommend it, especially to data people, because I, I was like, oh, wow. So this is, this is a book which is trying to destroy my profession. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I, I, I think it's a good, uh, it's good for argue, for argumentation and in the profession really. So yeah. is, it's the typical question, well, what do you really try to measure? And is what you wanna measure, is it worth it? And will, will it be gamed? So I really like these adverse examples of how it all can go wrong, which kind of makes me feel like, well, maybe I should go into medicine or I should go into university and try there on fixing the system. So yeah. which is kind of then my job would be well you go there and you try to make your job redundant because obviously using metrics the way they do isn't helpful. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe that's more yeah. of a management issue than a data science issue. Yeah, yeah, indeed. <laughs> cool. Uh Rami, any last words? You are muted. 
sorry. Um, yeah, so I echo Cindy's opinion. I guess it's uh, it's very important for data people and analysts and so on um, to really um, have read on the on the book. I guess maybe a thirty-page summary is enough to to say all the arguments in the book. Um, in yeah. my opinion, um, I also would recommend that to my manager. I, I think he would really benefit. <laughs> yeah, by, by reading the book because he he's just into measuring everything. That's a frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he says so too, eh? He says so in the in the end or so. He says, uh, if you are in mid management, uh, give this to your manager. <laughs> yeah. not, thank you. <laughs> it's a nice uh, way of selling his book. Right. Yeah. Nice. Guys, should we take a screenshot of Do you have the book? Oh, you? yeah. I have it as a Kindle. <laughs> you can show okay. Kindle. Yeah. The Kindle. Okay. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I've got to get the Kindle. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. If you want to check the upcoming discussions and join us, go to productbookclub.com.